All right, so back to cutting room floor. Um, this last Sunday, we talked a little bit about Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit more generally. And we're going to sort of get into a contemporary conversation mm-hmm. um, that is sort of a historical conversation. Sure. Uh, and sort of, I don't know, why don't you frame it for us? Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about a facet of the Holy Spirit yep. and kind of even narrowing it down from there, the gifts of the Spirit. We've talked yep. about that, you know, before. Because yep. the Holy Spirit is the third person of Trinity, mm-hmm. you know, evident, existent, yeah. active, beginning of creation to the end. To of the end, end. yeah. End Fully God, yeah. all these things for sure. And one of the, the things that the Spirit does is gives gifts. Yep. Empowers and is part empowers, of the language we used yesterday. For yeah. sure, yeah. And the thing is, when you look at the, the spiritual gifts passages, there's four of them in the yep. New Testament, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 yep. Peter 4. Uh, when you look at those, uh, most people generally think that, that those are, are not exhaustive in sure, sure. the amount of gifts that there are. Yeah. Because there's difference between each of the lists yep. that Paul's likely not saying, here, these are the only ones, exactly. but merely saying, hey, these are some of the gifts. It's like a sampling. Yeah, yeah sampling. exactly. Sampling. And then also kind of, you know, some basic one-on-one stuff that each person has at least one gift and more yeah. than likely a unique gift mix. Yeah. So more than one, yeah. more than likely. Yeah. And then also, so there's a constellation of gifts that most people generally have. And those gifts might be more evident. Certain gifts in that constellation might be more evident in one context versus mm-hmm. another, depending on need. For sure. Oh, yeah. So for if sure. there's 30 teachers in a 40-person <laughs> church those teachers probably aren't going to all be exercising their gifts, but exactly. maybe another element of that. For sure, for sure. And I think another important point, just to kind of briefly lay a foundation here, the gifts are not primarily for one's own personal benefit, but yeah. for the edification. Common and good. Common good is the yeah. language that Paul uses. Yeah. Um, so those are that's kind of basic, non-controversial sort of stuff, one-on-one gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. What we're talking about today is something that's called the debate between cessationism and continuationism. Those are long words. Long words that are... Hard to spell, hard to pronounce. Yeah. Um, but the basic idea is that there's a kind of an ongoing theological debate as to whether certain gifts continue or are in operation today in the church. Yeah. They're in the scriptures. Yeah. So cessationism, cease. Ceasing, yes. Right? The other, continuationism continue. continues. Yes. Yeah. So cessationism, yes. They would hold, people hold this position, would hold that there's certain gifts, and I'll talk about what those are in a yeah. second do not continue into our modern time right now, that they were for a particular moment in the first century and those gifts have ceased to operate. Continuationism, on the other hand, would say no, those gifts that, yes, are in Scripture are still at play or can be in play at least, even in our own modern context. They have a potential of being in play. Exactly. Even if they aren't, there's a potential. Potential for it. And it would not be wrong, says a continuationist, for those gifts to be in play. A cessationist person would... To varying degrees, say, hold on a second. That's maybe going against what Scripture yeah. is actually advocating for, at least in our sort of moment. Okay, so let's go one layer deeper mm-hmm. because this isn't simply that the Holy Spirit. If, if you're a cessationist, you're not saying the Holy Spirit stopped all activity. Exactly. Yeah. But there might be specific things or specific gifts. Yeah. That are not in operation that have ceased. For sure, and I think it's really important, especially in these sort of conversations, to not just label or bucket someone like a cessationist saying, oh, you don't believe in the Holy Spirit or that the Spirit is operational or at work today. That's not what a cessationist believes. The cessationist, generally speaking, believes very specifically that certain what are is often called sign gifts are no longer in operation. Generally, these are there's four of them. The gift of tongues or speaking in tongues, number one. Uh, The gift of prophecy, number two. Uh, Third, the gift of healing. 
And then depending on how you define it, the gift of apostleship. Okay. And so it's generally those four that are debated as to whether or not they continue into, you know, post really the first century after the close of the canon of scripture. So is correct me if I'm wrong. The basic argument is, Hey, these sign gifts were given at a specific historical moment in salvation history Mm -hmm. to signal to the broader community. Hey, look, something big is happening. Exactly. Yeah. And then, right. Once that moment in history has passed, then those gifts cease. Cease. Yeah. That's sort of the, that's the basic argument. And and to maybe kind of put a few kind of bullet points to maybe arguments for cessationism and arguments for continuationism kind of briefly here. First, I think, from the perspective of a cessationist, arguments for yeah. these four gifts in particular ceasing, generally they would say ceasing when the close of the scriptures, the end of okay. the close of the canon. Um, number one, they would say the uniqueness of the apostolic era, meaning that these sign gifts were meant to be just that, signs yeah. for the apostles and the early church as kind of the fledgling sort of Jesus movement was yeah. gaining ground and gaining momentum. These gifts were for a unique moment, time, place, sure. history. Um Second, they would generally say that there's an unevenness of miracles in the biblical record where, and kind of showing my cards here, I don't fully kind yeah. of, you know, buy into this sure. particular new part of the argument, where that when you trace through the book of Acts, generally the, the, there's a decline in the amount of miracles as you kind of go into the, the latter portions yeah. of the book of Acts. So it's kind of a mini trajectory sort yeah. of argument. Um, there's a little bit of a church history sort of argument that's used when you kind of look at the scope of church history, a cessationist would be prone to look at kind of the church history data and say, we don't see a ton of these sign gifts being used in the second, third, fourth, fifth centuries. And then kind of the one biblical scriptural sort of, uh, at least key line that's often used is a couple lines in first Corinthians 13 where Paul writes, this is the famous love chapter, but a paragraph into that says love never ends as for prophecies they will pass away. So there's at least some common recognition that at some point in time, prophecy will pass away. The question yeah. is when. Yeah. And so, whether Paul's talking about this limited historical exactly. period or not. For sure. Which exactly. seems, if I'm going to show my cards, a little doubtful. A little doubtful. Yes. He goes on. This is 13, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. The question so far is, okay, when is it going to pass away? Yep. For we know in part, Paul, Paul says, and we prophesy in part, but when, and here's like the key debated line, when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So the partial referring back to in a cessationist yeah. argument, what he just talked about, yeah. those sign gifts. The debate is often around this phrase, when the perfect comes, yeah. these things pass what away. Is what is the perfect? Yeah. So depending on, again, there's nuance within and the cessationist camp. what's the word camp. in Greek? Do you know? I, th- I think is it's it the telos? word for telos. Yeah. So when it's complete, when the end, when the, when end, the complete, yeah. the complete that'll comes. that'll help people at home if they're, you're looking at perfect, right? It, for telos sure. Telos is sort of the end or the final The goal. Point, the yeah, goal. The goal, yeah. And when, what most people in a cessationist argument, yeah, it is, it is telos. When they look at that phrase, they would generally, and I don't want to speak for all cessationists, sure. but for a good chunk would say the perfect refers to the, the close of the scriptures, when the scriptures are complete. Sure. So when the writings of the New Testament are complete, they're joined together with the Old Testament. When that has come, these partial gifts, the, you know, prophecy, tongues, so on and so forth, yeah. those things will begin to pass away. Now... There's debate as to, okay, does that, is that a good interpretation of that line? Perfect, which leads into 
perhaps the continuationist yeah. argument, the side of, of the coin here. Yeah. You know, arguments for that, they're pretty straightforward because one would just basically read the New Testament and yeah. look at the book of Acts and not just see that as something that is describing what happened in the past, but something that is prescriptive in nature, yeah. saying that this is what happens when God's people are filled yeah. with his spirit. It's a description of the church. Of the church. Not simply what happened in this era Ex- that exactly. then doesn't apply today. Mm-hmm. They would also continuationists. Again, these are people that believe these gifts continue yeah. on. The references in the New Testament, I'm thinking specifically of 1 Corinthians 14, that regulate the exercise of these gifts yeah. are there not just to give historical data for what Paul said at one yeah. point to the church in Corinth, but so that future generations would then know how do we regulate or how do we yeah. use these gifts with discipline yeah. in the setting of the local church. Because yeah, isn't it in, is it in uh, 12 or 13 when Paul says, you know, seek the gift of prophecy? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, First Corinthians 14 at the very beginning. Yeah, 14, yeah. Seek it. Like, he, look he it wants up. So them is he just to, yeah. telling the church in Corinth or is he saying that to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So it's First Corinthians 14, 1, pursue, pursue love. He just talked about love yeah. in chapter 13. Desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Yeah. And then he goes on to talk about the the importance or the vitality of prophecy in the local yeah. church um, setting. So it's a pretty much a straightforward argument from the continuationist perspective, saying, yeah. okay, we're just looking at the biblical data. We're looking at the storyline of scripture. We're not saying, or continuationists are not saying that this is a unique moment in history. Now, there's like a third sort of kind of nuanced position in here where generally it's kind of categorized as something like open but cautious, meaning that yeah. someone would say, from maybe even from both sides of this, yeah. we'll look at this, the biblical scriptures and say, you know what? I don't see any good reason why these gifts would cease. You know, I can maybe see a little bit why just from personal experience, I don't see it all that often. Yeah. So perhaps there's something to the cessationist position, but at the same time, I don't think, you know, coming from this position, open, but cautious, I don't see any biblical verses or data to support a position that would say what Paul is talking about, has closed and it's done. Totally. And yet, like from a, you know, cautiously continuationist perspective, Mm -hmm. you would also probably want to say, but we also do want to limit on some level, like someone saying, all right, I just order, I just said a prophecy of the Lord and now it's a new book of the Bible. For sure, yeah. And you're like, "Eh, I don't know, that doesn't seem to fit. Doesn't seem to fit, exactly. And this is where I think it's important to kind of briefly talk about the specific of the four that we just mentioned, I think kind of bucketing them a little bit, apostleship and prophecy. What both sides of the debate are not saying is that there are, for lack of a better term, capital A apostles today, or at least they shouldn't be saying that, meaning that they're on the same level of apostolic authority as Paul and Matthew and, you know, those, those guys that wrote scripture. This person planted a hundred churches. Oh, they have an apostolic gift like Paul. It's yeah. Like, yeah, maybe it's like Paul, but you're not a 21st century Paul. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so th- it's kind of helpful just to kind of know the etymology of the word apostle, right? It just yeah. means one that's sent, yeah. right? So there's other people in scripture that are clearly not part of like the 12 apostles that are called apostles. So later on in the book of Philippians, Paul will call Epaphrodites yeah. an apostle. Sometimes it just gets translated as messenger, sure. but it's the same yeah. sort of word. Or so, if, if you want to be controversial, Junia. Junia, yeah, was would yeah, be an, a, considered an yeah. apostle, someone who was sent, someone had, you know, we might use the language of like cross-cultural missionary or yeah. something, someone with like maybe church planter-ish yeah. type gifting or skills. So again, this is just kind of helpful to see, depending on how you define these gifts or terms, oh. kind of lends credence to where you might land with yeah. this. Kind of the same thing with prophecy. No one is saying 
if they believe that the gift of prophecy still exists today, that when someone utters prophecy in a continuationist viewpoint, no one is saying, or should say at least, that what they're articulating is equal to biblical truth. The new Jeremiah. Exactly. No one's writing or speaking new biblical books today. But what may be the case for someone, and this is kind of showing my cards a little bit, where I would say, yeah, I think these gifts do continue to a Mm -hmm. certain degree, is that perhaps what Paul is talking about with prophecy is 1 Corinthians 14, that the one who prophesies, he has the line where it's for strengthening, encouragement, and consolation, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. And when someone is, is speaking that as they have been living in line with the Spirit, walking yeah. in step with the Spirit, the Spirit gives them a word of encouragement or consolation. Yeah. I'm totally fine with using that, the word that is, you know, the Spirit Someone's prophesying. Someone's operating in their prophetic gift. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And is using that to encourage, console, or strengthen. Yeah. And I think it's important, though, that there is a ton of humility as totally. one exercises a gift like this. There's that line in the book of Acts where... <laughs> The apostles are gathered together and they're coming to this big moment, this decision in Acts 15 at the Jerusalem Council to decide what does it mean for the Gentiles to be a part of the church. Mm -hmm. And they have that line, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Mm -hmm. And just that language of it seems good, right? There's there's like this openness kind of at play. It's open, but it also involves two other things. It's not just just good to me, Mm -hmm. right? And this is really important. Yeah, for sure. It's not just good to me. It's good to us. There's communal Communal discernment and the Holy Spirit. So now yeah. we're also consciously aware of what God's doing. So it's not just, I not like this. Yeah, it's not a free-for-all. <laughs> yeah. It's communal, and there's discernment involving God's speaking mm-hmm. voice. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and so you can kind of keep go- working through the list here. So with the gift of healing, I, again, to be fair to the cessationists, the cessationists would not say that God does not heal today. What their sort of nuance is that someone would not have the, quote, gift of healing, but God would still heal now you might kind of get okay what's the difference necessarily yeah. through Who that part of the red sea was exactly it moses, moses or, or god, god. Yeah. exactly right so we're kind of showing our cards here a little bit but yeah. just to be fair as much as possible um with the gift of tongues i mean that's probably at least the most at least in my experience the most controversial or at least the one that for me i personally might be the most skeptical about mm-hmm. sure and and i'm saying that from someone who believes you know i don't see any reason why scripture would limit that to just the first century sure um but in line with the gift of tongues, I would say that it's important to look at what Paul says about the gift yeah. of tongues. He wants the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 14, to prophesy more than have the gift of tongues. But if you're going to exercise the gift of tongues in the local church gathering, Paul says there needs to be an interpreter at yeah. play. There's order. There's order there. So, so like, this is not a if free-for-all. You're, if you're going to, if, you're, if you are a continuous, great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Let's use the order. That's yeah. prescribed in the scriptures. Exactly, then. for yeah. sure, and that's this we're all referencing here. There's First Corinthians twelve through fourteen is yeah. one of the main main sections here, um, where this is at play. Now, maybe kind of one other piece to kind of add to this is that I mentioned earlier that language of when the perfect comes, mm-hmm. right? And that's when these gifts will sort of pass away. A cessationist would say yeah. that that refers to the close of the canon, the canon being the scriptures. Someone who's maybe open but cautious, I think this is at least in biblical scholarship getting at least somewhat more ground, is recognizing that that probably isn't what that line is saying when the perfect comes referring yeah. to the close of scripture, but more than likely referring to when the, the return of Jesus totally. comes. And I think that's Which makes of, sense. Which makes sense because we're not going to need necessarily the gift of prophecy when Jesus comes, everything yeah. will be He's going fulfilled. to be dwelling with us on earth. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah, it's... And there's a, a huge component there recognizing that, yes, the gift of prophecy, and this is Paul's whole you know, logic in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, is that the gift of prophecy is going to end someday. 
And in this kind of view, the view that I'm kind of advocating is that when Jesus returns, but will what will not end is love. And yeah. that's kind of Paul's logic with totally. inserting that major love chapter there in first Corinthians 13. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's other things we potentially, you know, might yeah. want to say about that, but I think again, what's really important to, to highlight is that neither side is at least when they're trying to be faithful as much as they can to the biblical data is saying from a cessationist perspective, the spirit is not working today. Yeah. No one, no one should say that the spirit is at work today. The question is how is the spirit at work and in what manner yeah. in relationship to these gifts? It's good. Well, it, it helps us to get a sense of the broader theological, mm-hmm. biblical and denominational for sure conversation at play. Um, sort of, we would land more on the continuous perspective sure. as a church body, but we also want to allow room for communal discernment mm-hmm. to see what is good to us and the Holy spirit yeah. and see like, what does it look like to live faithfully? For sure. So yeah. it's a helpful conversation. Thanks Aaron. That's yeah, great. For sure.